Danjo, and welcome back to another episode of the Indigenous Futures Podcast, a podcast in service to amplifying Indigenous voices as they collectively vision a future built on Indigenous ways of knowing. I'm your host, Teo Montoya. I'm Inde, also known as Lipon Apache from South and West Texas. I'm a writer, an electronic music maker, a self-proclaimed Indigenous futurist, a forever student of traditional ecological knowledge, and a proud member of the Lipon Apache Band of Texas. Today on the podcast, we're going to talk about walking in two worlds. If you're a modern Indigenous person, you know what this is all about. You are here because your family survived by adapting to this Western colonial society. You and or your family did this all while maintaining your indigeneity, staying connected to your ancestry, to your traditions, to your original instructions, to your tribe. But there are also many modern indigenous folks out there that had to leave behind aspects of their identities as indigenous peoples. And they may no longer have access to their traditional ways. They may not know what bands of the tribes they're connected to. Many of us have been moved or been forced to move you know, joining that diasporic movement of indigenous people all over the world, all so we could just survive. There's very few, if any, indigenous people alive on this planet today that have not had to contend with the colonial world and colonial oppression. They've had to adapt and shift in their environments, but also within themselves to meet this pressure. And this is especially true for many of us who are multiracial and mixed like I am. And if you're a modern indigenous person, you know this binary dance well of compartmentalizing who you are, of code switching, you know, having that identity that shows up for ceremony and an identity that shows up for the board meeting. And oftentimes they are not the same. Yet, if we could not do this adaptation, we would not be here. If we could not code switch, if we could not change our identity, if we, we could not compartmentalize Every indigenous person that's alive today is so because of theirs and their ancestors' survivance, their ability to adapt, to maintain their indigeneity, and meet the demands of colonial oppression at the same time. And for some of us that had to literally hide or relinquish our ways just to stay alive, it still doesn't make you any less indigenous. And when we look at all of the foundations of indigenous futurism that that, I laid out in the previous three podcasts, All of those are contending with this comparative evaluation between the experiences of our indigeneity and of colonial society, colonial oppression and genocide and all of these things that came along with the colonial project. Looking at contact, slipstream, technology, sustainability and sciences, apocalypse and what Grace L. Dillon calls bisca being, All of them are highlighting both external narratives we are bringing to life through our artistry, right? As indigenous futurists, we're working with all of those and we're trying to showcase them. But these these themes can easily be investigated within ourselves. And really, there's no difference there. It's kind of weird that I draw a line because what we're investigating inside of us is what comes out through us, through our expression, through our art. And again, if you're mixed with European blood, you know... This questions, this teetering, this back and forth extremely well, because that's not only in the world around you, it's on your skin. It's in your body, your very DNA. And as my auntie said to me, we carry both the blood of the colonizer and the colonized within us, the invaders and the invaded. And so how do we contend with that? We can't decolonize our skin. 
We can only investigate how to show up with it, with our privilege and with our internal duality and how that might harm or help us. We live in a globalized world. Our children and their children's children will be from all different creeds, all abilities, all orientations of sexuality, all gender identities. Our future is surely a mixed and diverse one. And so we must contend with these questions, this duality. We must balance them if we are to vision an indigenous future. And so understanding how to show up with both of these parts of ourselves, the privileges they hold, the traumas they hold, the realities they hold, and actually synthesize from both sides, not relinquishing any part of ourselves or pushing away any part of ourselves, but showing up with both. And to do this well, we have to have a really clear understanding of both sides. And this comes back to creating that binary to see them clearly. But at some point, we must weave them together because this is the reality we find ourselves in. And we must not be bound in either world or stuck somewhere between the two disempowered. We must utilize both to meet the demands and the challenges of the future. And so a really important question as an indigenous futurist is what comes after decolonization, after this undoing of the colonial impact on our psyches, our lands, and ourselves. I think we need to be thinking about the very innovative act of synthesizing, of using everything available to us, and doing so in service to indigenizing the world as it is today right in front of us. And really, this is not a new idea. Our peoples have always used what's available to them. They have taken every tool they've needed to survive. But the really important distinction is that everything that they did was still in service to their indigenous lifeways, to these reciprocal cosmologies. I know that my people fought the Spanish, the Mexicans, the Republic of Texas, the U.S. government for nearly 300 years. And during some of that time, they used guns. They relied on the trade of all of those folks, including other indigenous folks, forging alliances with those who were previously enemies. We did what we had to to survive. We adapted and we gave them hell, as many indigenous nations all over the world have done and still do. We utilize the tools at our disposal in service to our way of life. This is survivance. And there are so many examples of this today and in our histories of indigenous peoples indigenizing colonial technologies to meet the demands of their very quickly changing reality. So as we decolonize ourselves, as we must, we must also strive to indigenize the world that is before us, to synthesize new innovative technologies that are going to help us meet the demands and challenges of the future. So the question really becomes, how do we indigenize the world? How do we claim Western and colonial technologies, extractive technologies, and put them in service to our indigenous cosmologies that are bound in these reciprocal relationships with this earth and with each other? You know, we got to recycle, reduce, reuse. We don't want to throw it all away. In fact, these tools of the Western mind may be needed to undo the harm that they have done in colonial hands. So claiming indigenizing and reframing the world we find ourselves in so that it is in service to an indigenous future is something we must do. And this act is one of sovereignty, of self-determination, to innovate using everything that's available to us to ensure our survival and the survival and health of our, of our ecosystems. And we can't do that by only decolonizing, by widening the divide of our indigeneity in the colonial world. But I'm by no means saying that decolonizing isn't an essential aspect for us to come into ourselves as healed, whole, healthy families, tribes, and individuals. But we must, again, come up with these solutions that synthesize our indigenous tools, our original instructions, and the world of Western technology we utilize on a daily basis. 
And really this reclamation and indigenization is turning around these tools that have harmed so many of our peoples and our ecosystems that we have stewarded for thousands of years and using them to heal this earth. And not trying to take on any sort of, you know, Thanksgiving situation again, but in a way we'd be teaching the colonial world how to utilize the tools they have in right relationship with the earth simply by asserting our sovereignty and our innovative capacity to synthesize with them. And being a mixed indigenous person means that this is vital to a future in which I and many like me exist. I often say that the burden of holding the blood of the colonizer and the colonized inside of us is the burden of bridging two worlds, lest we forget our whole selves. So mixed indigenous people may feel that they hold an extra kind of stake in providing solutions to a future in which they can exist, where both the indigenous and the colonial can exist, but ultimately it must be in service to an indigenous worldview. And that's strictly because we cannot continue with extractive technologies. You're going to hear me say that over and over again on this podcast. We just can't. We need this reciprocal relationship with the earth, with each other, if we are going to go into the future. And this is really where indigenous futurism can be used as a tool to explore the dynamics between these two worlds, to heal the wounds, to bridge them, to decolonize, to claim technology in innovative new ways by synthesizing our indigenous worldviews with Western technology. And so as you endeavor as an artist using indigenous futurism as a framework to consider and dream up this world, plant these seeds of a future that are not yet here, you do have to think about what parts are you bringing in? What parts are you relinquishing? What parts are you leaving behind? What parts are you weaving together? Right? Because the future cannot be exclusive. It must be inclusive and it must be in service to reciprocity. Because reciprocity is one of the most innovative human frameworks we've ever come up with. Because it provides us everything that we need to continue into the future. Where everyone is tended to and every relationship is reciprocal. So whether you're a mixed indigenous person, you're light-skinned, you're dark-skinned, you don't even know what tribe you're from or what band you're from, or you've lived on the land that your tribe has tended to since time immemorial, a question that can benefit all of us is what happens when these two worlds meet? How can they be weaved together? How can we find justice together? And how can we move into a future in which we ensure reciprocity is one of the foundations of why we are, exist is the very meaning of our lives is the very purpose for being alive so my prayers are with all of us as we continue to exist in the tension of walking these two worlds as we divide and separate as we synthesize and weave and bridge bringing it all back together again as we utilize everything we need to we reclaim we indigenize this world so that it ensures our way of life continues into the future. Because that way of life holds the keys to ensuring that all life continues. That is why we're here. That is why we've always been here. And that is why the future depends on us. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Indigenous Futures Podcast. It's been amazing to see the feedback that I've gotten from the community about this podcast. If you haven't already, please go ahead and hit the subscribe button. Give me a rating. Leave me a comment. If there's anything you think I could be doing better, don't hesitate to leave a comment. I'll be sure to work on it. If you'd like to connect with me, I'm currently on Instagram at Indigenous Futures Podcast. And finally, if you are an Indigenous artist and you've been using the themes of Indigenous Futurism in your work, I'd love to see them and potentially have you as a guest in the future. 
So again, please reach out to me on Instagram at Indigenous Futures Podcast. All right, y'all. Thank you so much. Indigenous.